I think it's going to rain and it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast. Good morning. It's, it's afternoon now. I know, it's afternoon. But we were talking with Davina last week, and we have her back again. Hello, Davina. Hi. Hi. So we had concluded last week's episode just out of transplant. So if you want to continue mm-hmm. the story, tell us what happened after, after that. So I guess going back to the day of transplant, you know, they was transplanted with uh, Jaden cells. So after being harvested, they take the cells and they, they call it wash. They wash the cells to filter the cells to take out all, you know, whatever they do to the cells. <laughs> so it took, it took like hours for it to be washed. So Dave wasn't able to get his transplant until like later that night. And it was like the shift change, the nursing shift change. So the infusion is like 30 minutes. So we did his, you know, and they, they keep a close eye on him to make sure he doesn't react to the cells mm-hmm. or he doesn't get an allergic reaction. And because Jay's, he's also uh, pre-medded whenever he gets any type of blood product because the first time he received platelets, he had a reaction to it. Mm. So anytime he gets a blood product, he, they pre-med him and do all that. So they, now these are new cells going into his body. They had to keep like a close eye. Transplant goes good. Everything went smooth. 30 minutes after the shift change, I mean, 30 minutes after him receiving his transplant, and this was currently current with uh, the change of shift. So the nurses are doing the report, you know, night nurses are coming in. Chase has an allergic reaction <gasps> to the cells. And he's sitting on my lap and I can feel him like shivering. Oh, I'm no. Like, he's chilling. He's cold. Give me a blanket. Like, and I'm, he's still shivering. I'm like, this is a different, he's not shivering. He's chilling. Like, this is a different <gasps> feeling. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And I'm like thinking my nurse like laughing like no like shift change just can't happen right now. And you know, the one that was with us the whole day, his nurse practitioner, every like we need to call them back. So that they call the nurses back and you know, all the nurses are running into her room, Jesus is having a reaction and I see my nurse practitioner walk in and I'm like, Oh my god, okay, she's still scared. She had her purse, like she was legit walking out the door and ran back. Oh my god. She had her purse. They had already, she turned in her work phone and she puts her purse down like on our table and she starts, you know, sending in orders and she's calling the oncologist. And then his nurse that he had came back and I was just so relieved to see them because they saw like our whole day and how it was. And that was like something I was always so irritated with, always having to explain what happened Mm -hmm. over and over and over. So I was so relieved that they had came back. So I kind of just like sat back and let them do what they need to do and my husband was very just calm in the corner just like watching everything Jaden was still there so mm. like at the time I'm like oh my god he's gonna freak out he's on mm. his iPad playing the game didn't even know the same <laughs> oh good lord yeah no See, thank goodness <laughs> yeah so I Jason's was sitting on my lap and he, he just starts his tongue started swelling up and he started just breathing really fast like he oh, was no. having a reaction to oh, the, the cells and so they had to administer, like, give them stuff to help the reaction. And then they had to just do everything they did. There was, like, 20 nurses in our room. The oncologist was on the phone. Our nurse practitioner, 
was then. It's so funny because I remember they do for Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, they do it's like each day is like a special theme day. So this was on a Wednesday, so they had Walt Disney Wednesday and our nurse practitioner was just like Minnie Mouse. Oh my gosh. And her ears fall off and one of the nurses picks up the ears and puts them behind like from behind, she puts them back on her head. Uh. And it was just like they're such a team. Yeah. And at that moment, I'm watching all of them and watching them do what they do. And I'm looking at all that. And I'm like, I'm so glad that they're such a team like this because they're working like a team. And I was, my husband saw that too. And he was kind of sitting back and he's just letting them do what they did. And it was so weird because I felt at that moment, I felt like that's when I had fell in love with our nurse. Mm. The fact that she ran back with her purse. Getting ready to go home. She could have just went home. She mm-hmm. was probably already at the elevator. She ran back mm. because she's a nurse practitioner mm. <laughs> and because she cares. Like, so ever since then, I just. I had the chills. Like, I know. Yeah. I had a huge respect for her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was just so grateful that she came running back. And the nurse stayed with us. And she also came back. And. They were making sure like everything was okay and he was okay and they got everything under control. But I was just like, oh my gosh, thank you guys so much for coming back. Like I was freaking out thinking all the new nurses, I know they have the reports, but they didn't like, they didn't go through the whole day with us. If they're just coming in, they yeah. just, you know what I mean? Like yes. it's different. Mm-hmm. So did they find out what he reacted to? The cells. Mm. So because it's yeah. not just the cells, but they put, I want to say chemicals because I, I don't know what yeah. else to call it. Yeah. Solution yeah. Yeah. Or the solutions. That's what I was yeah. going to say too, but I was like, is that the right term? I yeah, know, I don't but. know. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. But there's always a but, chance that there's something else that's in there uh-huh. that they're reacting to, that it wouldn't make sense if, that it would react to his brother's cells. Does that make sense what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I think it would be more like he was reacting to some yeah. of that. And yeah, I said the same thing. I'm like, but wait, he's 100% match. Why is he? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. That's yeah. exactly it. His body, that's what his body was just reacting to it. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, then they got that under control. And after the whole thing, all the craziness, I was like, oh, my gosh, Jaden's still here. I look at him. I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's so, why? Yeah, is everything all right? What's yeah. 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 I was talking about his back. <laughs> so that was the day of transplant. You know, went pretty good besides that. Um <laughs> And then, you know, we had a good few days after that. And so then all of the side effects start to kick in. Start to kick in. Face is not feeling good. Mm. He's feeling sick. He's throwing up. Mm. So, you know, all the side effects. His hair starts, it's starting to fall off. And Jace had such curly, curly hair. Mm. Little fro, curly, curly hair. And I refused to cut it because I'm like, of all three of my kids, my hair is curly. So all three of my kids, he's the only one that has my curly hair. So oh. I'm so excited about that. There's no so, curly hair on your head. <laughs> There's no curls there. I know. It's a good blow dry. So. <laughs> <laughs> so prior to the weekend before transplant, he cut his hair. Because mm. I was just like, I, I won't be able to get it, but his hair starts falling out. And I wasn't sure how it was going to fall out. Mm-hmm. I heard and it changes. That, you know, And it could change. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, Chase. Jace's hair changed a handful of times. That kid had different hair on his head, like a yeah. handful of times. So I was, after we cut his hair, it took about, let's see, a week, two weeks after his transplant, his hair started to fall out. I would find pieces, like mm. some hair all over, all over my shirt. When he would lay with me, I'd have hair all over me. And it just, it all, and it all falls out, like in a matter of a couple of days, all his hair was gone. So yeah, then he starts, 
you know, having all of the side effects from the chemo, the sick, and he didn't want to eat, and, you know, he started getting tired, but they'd recommend that you still keep the kids active so they don't lose their muscles, and mm. he was still doing PT and OT, and he loved doing that. Like, the therapy would come in, and it was just like a new face that wasn't mm. going to poke him or wasn't yes. doing anything. They would come with toys, and he loved to play with them, and but at the, there was days where he was just like, not about it. And he learned how to like roll his eyes. So he would see people walk in and roll his eyes and go like that. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. I'm so glad he learned how to have a little attitude. And oh I'm like, oh my goodness. Maybe today's not a good day. <laughs> yeah, these kids, they learn how to, like, they take mm. a lot of crap. So they learn how to have an attitude. Yeah. Too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then after transplant, he experienced a lot of different side effects from the chemo, the conditioning chemo. Mm-hmm. So then he started, he starts wanting to eat. So we're like, all right, cool. He's eating again. Like, this is good. He's eating. And then he, he gets sick from the food and, you know, mm-hmm. he throw it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then once he started eating and not throwing it up, we noticed that when it would come out through his diaper, it was coming out whole. It wasn't breaking down. What? Yeah, his food was not breaking down. It would, like, go right through him. Oh, my gosh. And he would eat, like, he didn't, like, even me, like, I wouldn't be able to have food in my room because everything would make him want to throw up. Oh, yes. You know? Yeah, I would smell. have to, whenever we ordered food, I would ask him to put in the styrofoam because don't bring it in the plastic stuff because that stuff makes, like, it smells weird. Yeah. Like, he'll throw up. So I used to have them keep our trays outside of the room. And when they're transplant, everybody like gowns up when they come in our room. Yes. So we had that like the little uh-huh. um, station outside of our room. So they would put our trees on top of the station just so that I can let it, mm-hmm. you know, once you go to sleep, then I'll eat or whatever. So he finally starts eating like noodles. Like come on, eat noodles, bring me a whole bunch of noodles. Like so that I, cause I had a Keurig there with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cause I love coffee. So I have Keurig with me all the time. So I had my Keurig and I make them noodles with, you know. I'm like, he's eating the noodles, you know, cool, bring me a whole bunch of noodles. So he brought me noodles and I was eating the noodles and I noticed like none of the noodles were breaking down. Wow. It was like legit, like I emptied the noodles into his diaper. Oh my wow. God. It was weird like that. And I'm like, what the heck? Like he's not breaking his food down. Like, and it was just like constant diarrhea all the time. Aww. The noodles. And I'm like, oh man, he can't eat the noodles. Like I can't get this in. Maybe it's too heavy or maybe his stomach, he hasn't been eating. So maybe this is too heavy for his stomach. So then I, wouldn't give him the noodles and I would give him like little rice and the and broth or something just so that he was eating. And then they did tests in his stomach because they're like, this is weird that he's not breaking down his food. Everything he would, his bottle, his milk, everything would just come right through him. Mm. And he was constantly, I, w- I would stand there and just swap out diapers. Swap wow. out diapers. And then and the thing, because he had so much diarrhea, they're like, you know, what happens when a little kid's sitting in, poop for too long they get yeah. rash mm-hmm. diaper rash gets infection yes that's it so uh-huh. i'm standing there just swapping out diapers and handing them to the nurse and she's throwing it away and then we have to weigh everything because everything that goes in you have to make sure you know everything just even output so we my the nurse that we had we were like as a team and i'm giving to her she's weighing them and we're just like what is going on with him well come to find out that he had gvhd in his gut versus host disease and it's only his gut and usually they say a lot of kids get it like on their skin or you know whatever the case is but they're like no this is a good sign because gvh means engraftment 
that means that Kelly his cells are this. working. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so they're like, this made me pregnant. This is good. I'm like, okay, this is good. But how long does this last for? Because right. this is crazy. I'm constantly changing diapers. Uh-huh. And it lasted for a long time. So mm. he was like on a special diet. He couldn't eat anything whole. He was on a liquid diet. Mm. And then he was on steroids too at the same time because the steroids help with GDH. Mm-hmm. But also the steroids make them angry. Mm, hungry. It makes them hungry. Mm-hmm. He's so hungry he can't eat anything. Mm. So he's all pissy all the time. Yeah. Like, upset and mad and I felt so bad and so I would give him like broth that's how I started like well at least let him feel like he's eating something or giving him um like chicken broth Mm -hmm. but he's looking he's in the broth and he's looking for stuff he's putting his Mm hands in the broth like what the heck it's empty Mm -hmm. because I'm like he's not dumb he's one but he's not dumb in here like what the heck am I supposed to do Mm -hmm. so then he would he would eat like the Pedialyte popsicles Uh he would just all day and it's still liquid and he would just eat it and to him that was like him eating food it felt mm-hmm. like he was eating so they had to put him on tpn so he was still getting his nutrition that's like an iv mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. in an iv bag yeah mm-hmm. and then you got to be careful and watch the liver mm-hmm. because he can affect that he's using so many meds not only for the transplant the leukemia now gbh now the tpn and the steroids and was just on a ton of meds. The GVH he had for a long time. And he couldn't eat anything. Couldn't make him sick. Um, he lost so much weight. And because of everything, him losing so much weight, he lost all his muscle. Mm. He just got really skinny and really, mm. like, puny, kind of. Like, he couldn't even hold himself up and oh. couldn't walk. He stopped speaking. He didn't want to talk to nobody. He was, like, when he would want something, he would just... Mm, mm, like, he didn't want to talk. Mm. And it was just so weird. And, you know, he, I would have to help him do things because he wasn't able to do it anymore by himself. He just got so weak. Yeah. And he was still always in good spirits. Like, he would always want to watch his movies and, and always in good spirits. But he couldn't. It was weird. I don't know. I had to. broke my heart to see him like that because I'm like, he's like like a little baby again like a little mm. infant like we're gonna have to retrain him how to walk and talk he doesn't want to speak he doesn't want to say anything and they would tell me like whenever his nurse practitioner should like you want me to put in order for speech therapy because this happens to the kids like they're so traumatized yes it happens so it's just like all right he wants nothing to do with speech mm. he would we would sit him in the high chair and he would like act like he fell asleep <laughs> But then I also thought it was just like the steroids because it had got to the point where he was, we were there, he was admitted at the end of August and we didn't get discharged till week before Thanksgiving. Wow. So we were there a long time mm-hmm. and he was just, it got to the point where he was just tired of everything. He didn't want nobody walking in our room. He would roll his eyes at everybody. Yeah. Side eye everybody. Speech mm-hmm. he wanted nothing to do with. He would pretend he fell asleep, like in the middle of speech. And we were there that long because of the GBH. We okay. couldn't get the GBH in control. We couldn't get it in control. And finally, what had helped was I became very. I documented everything. Mm-hmm. Everything I fed him, how many ounces, everything he drank, how many ounces. 
his output, how many diapers he had, was it poop or pee, what his poop looked like, because everything was changing. Like, the beginning of like, a yellow poopy diaper, and at the end of the day, his poop was black. Like, what the oh, wow. heck? Like, so I would notice all of these changes, and I would tell him, like, this is weird. Mm. I don't know why, and this is happening. So my nurse practitioner, she had this system going. It's called, and my, our nurse practitioner that we had, she's nurse practitioner for transplant only. Mm. And she's doing this for a long time. And so she had a little system set up. It's called Eat Up, Drink Up. So you document everything that he took in, all the food, mm-hmm. the liquids, because it'll help. It helps the team know how much fluid they need to get him, give him, so he's not overly fluid heavy. Mm-hmm. Okay. How much, how much uh, food, solid food we gave him, and how come he's not outputting it? Like, mm-hmm. why isn't he pooping enough? So it gave them more of an idea of what the team needed to give to him. Because I was, we were noticing that because the nursing staff would have like a helper, like a a CA, there's mm-hmm. somebody that helps them out. They weigh all the diapers. They take all the notes. How much did you drink? And I was noticing that that wasn't always correct. Mm-hmm. And so they were giving him more fluids than what he needed. So mm-hmm. he would get really puffy and really swollen, all that for no reason. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I'm, I'm going to, my nurse practitioner gave me those and I, I legit took that serious. And I wrote every single thing down. Yeah, that's and I noticed after doing that, he wasn't always, they weren't overflowing him with fluid. Yeah. He wasn't swollen when he didn't need to be. Mm-hmm. He, you know what I mean? They weren't mm-hmm. giving him medicine that they thought he needed. So everything, there was a little bit more accuracy. Yeah, that's that. good. Yeah. So Go mom, that mom. Yeah, great job. I would tape it up on the on the on our wall and I would write everything down and everybody mm-hmm. knew that I was some mom that did that. So when they came in, they would always check my chart that's and good. check it off and they worked with me. And that's such a my good nurse idea practitioner. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, my nurse practitioner loved it because it helped her. She was she advocated for my son so hard, and it helped her advocate for him more mm. that she had that accuracy. She would if she needed it because I, I mean I'm sure you guys know you would see the I don't know what do you call it drama between the doctors and the nursing staff, oh, yeah, back and forth, <laughs> right? Yes. So my nurse practitioner will come back, grab my chart, and be like. This is why I know it's accurate. I, and they're like, oh, okay, maybe he doesn't need um, another bag of fluid. Mm-hmm. Like, no, fluid doesn't replace everything. Yeah. So that had become our thing then. So they saw that I was so hands-on and I was so on top of everything. I learned how to do his PPN, do his lines. And mm-hmm. they teach, especially with the Broviac, they teach before any parent can go home, they teach you how to take care of it. Yeah. They teach you how to put any dressing, how to clean it, how to flush it. So I learned all of that. And finally, even though his GBH was, wasn't fully healed, they let me take him home. Because mm. I was like, dude, he's been here for three months, almost four. Like, wow. it's going to be Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, we spent Halloween there. And all of that stuff, I, I've always, I always wanted to make. Because his childhood was totally taken from him yes. because of cancer. Mm-hmm. So I always tried to make it a thing where let's at least make it as best as I could here for him. Yeah. So my husband was doing Halloween decorations. We decorate our room. Mm-hmm. And we, we had a ton of toys. We had people sending us stuff all the time. Just yes. like you mentioned. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. We had people sending us stuff and my husband would bring it over. And so we had a ton of toys in our room. And I had our Halloween stuff up. And I left all of our Halloween stuff up. And so like we left. So it's like. November and all of our Halloween stuff is still up in the room and 
So then it's about mid-November, almost Thanksgiving, and they finally were comfortable to let me take them home. They're like, okay, but you got to do this and you got to do that. I'm like, that's fine. And so if I have questions, you guys know I'm going to call you. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to let you guys know. And chocolate's not, like I said, it's not far from where I live. So they were kind of just comfortable with the whole situation. And even when we weren't doing PT, me and Jason are doing our own PT in the room. I just like, no, dude, you're strong. We can't let you, we can't let this happen. Mm-hmm. Not, I refuse mm-hmm. to let mm-hmm. you just be a little bit stale on the mm-hmm. No, we're going to continue to work, and this is what we're going to do. And then he started finally eating um, a little bit. He was only eating rice and um, broth at the time. But to him, it was sweet. He would eat it. And he was just so happy with just that. Mm-hmm. And I would make him, like, cereal at home, little sopitas and things mm-hmm. like that. And so we finally bring him home. And it's very, like, he's so fragile. So everything at home is just, like, it was yeah. Like, okay, well, we don't have a ton of nurses here anymore. I have to be his full-time nurse and all of that. I'm still bringing him back a few times a week. And I was still working I was going to say, the hospital. Okay, yeah. okay. So I had to tell my job, like, listen, like, my son's coming home, but I need to be here with him still. Like, he's going back and forth all the time. I, I need to be here. They're like, all right. So they let me do that. And you know, we had a great Thanksgiving here at home. It was just the five of us home. And once we got home, it took Jake a few days to get used to we were being home. Like, he, he was, he only saw his, his or his brothers through FaceTime mm-hmm. all these months. So seeing them again in person, he was, like, being all shy towards them. And they were like, hey, dude, they're trying to play with them. And he's very, like, standoffish. And he was still on steroids. So mm-hmm. <laughs> he was very just grumpy all the time so it took him a few days to get used to us being home so finally when he got over that he started wanting to walk he would like walk against the couches like like a little baby just walk against the couches and he was pushing himself to do these things i would have to carry him or push him in the car because he could not stand by himself mm-hmm. and being home and seeing with seeing his brothers and he wanted to play and yes. I felt like yeah, being home was such healing for him mm-hmm. because he wanted to do these things. He started getting stronger. He started wanting to eat more. Mm-hmm. He just so good being home. Mm-hmm. So good being home. And I would tell the team that I would still document everything for them. Mm-hmm. They saw that he was doing such a great job at home. So they're like, stay home, you guys are doing great. And we were still going in there twice a week for labs. And we would go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And, I mean, it was still such a routine. But at the same time, it was just so good to be home. Yes. So good to have him home. Mm. And he loved to be home. Yeah. I did all his, his meds at home. I did his TPN every day at home. They have a home care where they send out, they ship out your supplies to you. And I have, yeah. like, a crazy person. I had everything organized. And I have all my TPN and all my medical supplies and my kids knew what everything was called because they would also help me like hey bring me a wow. flush or bring me a heparin bring me a little side scrub like oh my goodness you know we have to do all these things mm-hmm. to be home yeah. so we were just like okay this is it's hard when you're away for yeah. that long so he finally has a routine bone marrow biopsy and we do that and I'm like so excited, we're doing so good. Jason's doing so good. His hair's growing back. He's strong again. 
and it's December, December 20th, December 15th, I'm sorry. And we find out that he relapsed and they found 11% of MDS in his bone marrow. And I was like, what? No, we're in, in OPI. He's getting his blood transfusion results just come in. So our transplant oncologist, our main oncologist and our, our nursing coordinator, they all walk in and I'm like, uh, what's going on? Like, right. You guys, you already know like, something's you, up. Red yeah, flag. So like, yeah. So they tell me and I'm like, there's no way. Like he's getting better. And we were talked on bringing down the TPN to give him like a little, we'll bring it down from 24 hours to 18 hours. So I'll have a few hours of free time. So excited about that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. He's getting better. This is progress. Mm-hmm. He relapsed. And it's right before Christmas. I was going to go back to work soon in person because it, work was giving me a hard time for not being mm-hmm. present. I was mm-hmm. remote, but I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So I, I had already coordinated to go back. I'm going back on Monday and mm-hmm. blah, blah, And he relapsed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there was no way he relapsed. How did this happen? So then at that time, I'm just thinking, the whole time I'm thinking, like, how am I going to tell my husband? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still at work. I can't even tell him until he gets home. My husband's an electrician. So I'm like, I can't, I can't mess up his day. No. I can't mess up his day. Not that it's going to mess up his day, but he'll be distracted. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he can get injured or something can happen oh, yeah. at work. And oh, yeah. then I'm thinking, how am I going to tell Jaden? Oh, no. How am I going to tell this to Jaden? Jaden's going to be so heartbroken. And of all three of the boys, Jaden is the one with the, the biggest heart, the most sensitive. And this is going to break him. This is going to kill him. So I didn't, again, being a mom. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to tell him. I didn't tell him. So we then find, like, that day, the team already had set a plan, what was going to happen. And he, we're going to do another couple rounds of chemo. We couldn't transplant him again because it wasn't even, we had to wait till the six month mark. It was so back to back. So we did a couple rounds of chemo. So much hope. You know, you have so much hope. This is going to work. I'm praying so hard. Like, Mm -hmm. that's going to come through for us. Mm -hmm. Like, this is why he relapsed again. I don't know. But, you know, everybody's telling me, God has a plan. Like, well, this sounds really shitty because we weren't supposed to relapse. Yes. Yeah. We weren't supposed to relapse. So the amount of times I heard that, it's like, don't yeah. tell me about his plan. Right. I don't know why. Yes. I don't know why he's doing what he's doing. I don't understand this. Story, yes. Right? He's a baby. Let's yes. Just... Yes. Yes. So we do the couple rounds of the low-dose chemo because, again, the plan was the MDS can't go over. Once the MDS goes over 20%, it's then considered AML. So they're like, Davina, we have to keep this MDS low. We can't let it go past 20% because once it turns into AML, it becomes a much bigger problem. Mm. Like, all right, let's bring down this, this MDS. And my husband's like, what the heck? And I had finally for the next appointment, once we started the chemo, I had talked to the oncologist and I was like, listen, I need you guys to talk to my husband and I need you guys to let him know because I became the middleman, Mm. you know, with the information. Mm -hmm. He would tell me, I would go and tell him hard mm-hmm. and it was me going back and forth telling my husband because I would tell them like don't call him while he's at work 
I do not call him while he's at work. I need to wait till he gets home. So I had talked to him. I was like, listen, you guys have to explain to him what's going on because he has questions and I don't know how to answer his questions. And also he needs to know this. So they arranged something for him to come in. We both were in there and we got to talk to, to the team on what happened. And my husband's very angry, very angry thinking like, well, why didn't you guys do your job? And I'm looking at him like, oh my God, like, what? And he's like, no, they were, you know, we had a plan. He was going to get transplanted and he was going to be healed. And why did he relapse again? Very valid question. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it was just like, okay, but we, right now, my focus in my head is like, I can't let this MDF go over. We need to set the chemo now because I did like, it moves so fast. Mm -hmm. The, Mm -hmm. The cancer cells are moving so fast. So, this is December. We start chemo. And I, this is right before Christmas. It was days before Christmas. And I'm like, shoot, we're going to be inpatient for Christmas. This, mm. is, this really sucks. So we did the chemo and he did really good. And he got through Christmas. And again, fever. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, this is, he's good. We're moving in the right direction. We're good. Late January, he ends up getting a fever. So I end up taking him back, you know. Once the kids get fevers, you're so on edge. And I take him back. And I'm like, hey, Jason's getting a fever. I don't know why he's fevering. He had an infection in his line. Oh, so that happened. So we, need to, we needed to remove the line, move it to the other side. Mm. It's like a whole, a whole drama thing. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. It was just an infection. He's still scheduled for his chemo. We're good. While we were there inpatient for the infection in his line, is, we did another bone marrow. And we found out that the treatment failed, oh. that his, the leukemia cells were at 54%. Oh my gosh. What a jump. Yeah. That's how in a month, in a, oh in a month gosh. with chemo, it jumps that high. So now they're like, you know, you know what this means. MBS converted to AML. I'm like, what? How? Like this wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what do you mean? And I was just broken. Again, I see the transplant oncologist, our main oncologist, and the coordinator come walking in. I'm like, what, you guys? What? Mm-hmm. Like, what now? And they're just like, it's not good news. Do you want to call your husband? I'm like, no. Like, he's at work. Mm-hmm. He's at work. Just tell me. And that's when they told me. And I was like, again, like, he was so good. Like, why? Why is this happening? He had the infection. He took it out. He got a new line. Like, so crazy. And they were just like, this This is just yeah, how aggressive this hemp is, mm-hmm. this leukemia. It moves so fast, mm-hmm. so fast. And it and it gets them when they look totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you never really know what's going on inside their body. And, yeah. and it was even to a point where his him getting blood transfusions were, like, extended. Like he wasn't getting the blood or platelets. And we're stretching to two weeks. This is so good. Yeah. No. Then we get this. Mm-hmm. Results, so heartbreaking. Again, it's like I feel like every time he relapsed, it was like heartbreak. Yeah, smaller and smaller, and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I can't think like that. Like we're gonna make it through. If anybody's gonna make it through, this mm-hmm. is gonna make it through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have a new plan. Got to give him more aggressive chemo because the other chemo obviously didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then once he hits his six months from transplant, then we're gonna have to transplant him again. So I'm just so devastated thinking everything he went through from the first transplant was for nothing, is yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. Everything he just went through was for nothing. 
And I still haven't told Jaden that, you know, he relapsed and still doing treatment. Routine. Still doing treatment. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So then, you know, then we finally schedule, okay, his six-month mark will be in March of 2021. So, you know, we're scheduling. And because he got GBH with the first transplant, we can no longer use Jaden's cells. Oh, gosh. So I'm like, well, GBH with those cells. If we give him more of those cells, he's just going to attack and it's not going to work. So it's going to be pointless. We can't do that. Great. So we're back to square one, trying to find a donor. So then they ended up having me be his donor. Oh, wow. I was the next closest person uh, as a match to him, and he had less of my antibodies than he did with his dad. He had too much of dad's antibodies. He couldn't couldn't use dad. So I'm like, all right, cool, sign me up. Let's do this. When are we going to do it? Beginning of March, or March 8th, we had our scheduled admission date. That was already, and this was again the best he's been in months. Feeling good. He had some wet hair, and it's so crazy because his hair grew back like blonde. Ah. He had blonde, blonde straight hair. <laughs> and the the oncologist team, they like they would tell us like, "Dude, you can't take him to the beach." I'm like, "I promise." Oh, oh my goodness the chemo hair like it's so yeah, crazy. yeah. Uh, grows back just straight and blonde so it's just so funny so then we we move on to second transplant he did his chemo to bring down the aml so when we after that that first round of the aggressive chemo brought down the leukemia to zero percent whoa so i was yeah i was so happy. I'm like, okay, yeah. this is good. Yes. This is better than the first time. Sounds time good. Still had that Sounds good. Yes. yes. Yeah. 0%. So excited. I'm like, let's do this. So I went in with so much, like, so much hope. Like, we, yes. this, this is it. Yes. Like, we got this. Mm-hmm. He did his, again, conditioning chemo, radiation, mm-hmm. and he did good with those. So I'm like, still, we're still on a good pace. Let's do this. They harvested from me. And it's so funny. Our our his primary Jason's primary nurse. She I spent more time throughout our stay there with his nurse than I did with my family. So me and her became really tight. Mm. And it's so funny. I remember in the bed, and I remember waking up, and I hear my nurse that I had in the OR talking to Jason's primary nurse. And I hear her voice, and I'm like, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Mm-hmm. And everything I watch Jace go through, I have no, I cannot complain about anything. Like, mm-hmm. right. I'm going to be strong. I walk up there because I refuse to be pushed in the wheelchair. <laughs> like mm-hmm. my, I watched my son go through this. Mm-hmm. I watched Chase go through what he went through. Like, I'm not, no, mm-hmm. I'm walking out of here to his room mm-hmm. because yeah. I would say like, I'm a badass and I'm going to do There that. you go. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, and that's exactly what I did. I went to Shaytel room and I was fine. And I kept telling myself, I'm good, I'm good. I would, and then I would talk to other parents that had done it before that had horrible experiences with them. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'll be fine. Like, mm-hmm. I got this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm good. So then we go through that. He gets transplanted. Everything went smooth, but because of his reaction the first time, I was freaking out. Like, yeah, of oh, course. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh. I was on edge. Out. Yes. Yeah. So that night, I, I went home. My husband stayed with him that night. And I remember being like so 
freaked out of going home. And that was the only night I didn't stay with Jason mm-hmm. while he was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you need to go home and rest. Come back tomorrow. You'll be fine, mm-hmm. but you need to rest mm-hmm. or else you're going to have a lot of problems. Yeah. And then you won't be able to be here. So I'm right. like, all right, you're right. So I went home and I think I left like at two in the morning because I was so nervous mm-hmm. to leave. I was like, once I leave, something's going to happen. Right. Something's going to happen. <sighs> so I went home like at two in the morning and then I came back at like at nine o'clock because I was like just crazy. Like, I need to go back. I mm-hmm. need to get. Mm-hmm. And this is my dad, my husband gave him breakfast and he ate and he did all that. He loved waffles. So I'm telling him, order him waffles, mm-hmm. order him a banana and, you know, he'll be fine and he was he was totally fine good then you know chemo starts to kick in starts getting sick it starts falling out all you know the chemo stuff and then i noticed like a sore on his tongue and i'm like what is that but i noticed him not wanting to eat on that side Mm. wanting to Mm -hmm. eat on the other side Mm -hmm. so have you guys ever heard of mucositis no so there's a side effect on the chemo it's called mucositis mouth sores in the mouth. So, we had so your sister thrush. Th- yeah. Thrush? thrush? Is that what thrush. it's called? I think it's thrush. Yeah. But is, is that the oh. same thing? Is it something similar to that? or Probably. Yeah. I, I don't I think know. It's... I, I just know of it as mucositis and it's mouth sores in the mouth. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she, so, she got those, but I think that's what they told us was thrush. Thrush? Yeah. Thrush. So yeah. with the first transplant, I it was yep. so important. Like I want, I didn't want him to get any of the crazy side effects. If I can help prevent it, then sure. that's what I was going to do. Sure. So they're like, okay, oral care. Like you have to have good oral yeah. care that, you know, then the kids won't get me decided. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, baby, the drink the bottle. Like, how the hell oh am I supposed gosh. to? Yeah. <laughs> so they have these like yellow sponges that the kids clean their mouth with. And I would dip it in the mouthwash and I'd give it to him. And he would just gnaw on it. And, just, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we did that so often where he just knew what to do with it. Yeah. Sorry. We and just looked it up so, and it's the same thing. Yes, yeah. it just looks like yeah. a, a formal term for thrush. Yeah. Causes of oral mucositis include thrush. This okay. infection occurs from yeast overgrowth in the mouth and on the tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is also yeah. known as oral thrush and stomatitis. This is a sore or infection on the lips or inside the mouth. Mm-hmm. And then it says the two main kinds are cold sores and canker sores. So it sounds like mm-hmm. very similar things. Yeah. 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 Very similar. So I was so good on his oral care because I'm like, this helped us the first transplant. He mm-hmm. didn't get me because I had the whole transplant. So we did the same thing with the oral care. Whenever he did chemo, I just did that because I didn't want him to get mouth right. sores. So I noticed the sore on the side of his tongue and I was like, oh crap, this is mucositis. Like, this is what it is. So I tell my nurse and she's like, mm, probably that. Like, mm-hmm. it's probably like, okay, just one sore is good. Let me just deal with the oral care so he wouldn't get any more. As the days were going on, I would notice another one and another one and another one. Mm. And it was getting to the point where he didn't want to eat. No, he didn't want that anything. hurts. Everything. Like, yeah. He didn't want to do oral cares anymore. Yeah, he didn't want to do anything. But I'm like, I, I had to still do oral care for him because I needed to get more. Yeah. So I would put, um, I would put a mouthwash in a medicine syringe and I would just squirt it in his mouth because I was like so scared for him to get yeah. more. And they gave us this other mouthwash. It was like a numbing mouthwash. Uh-huh. I think so. I, think I do would both. do that for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would do that for him. And after that, then he would drink a little bit, and have a little bit to eat. So I would 
suck it up in a syringe and I just start squirting mm-hmm. it all over his mouth. I forgot about that stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I would do that and it was working for us. And I would tell my nurse, like, just bring me a whole bunch of syringes. Mm-hmm. And they have these little straws for the baby so that they could get the medicine mm-hmm. far in there. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, give me a bunch of syringes and the straws and I, I'd just squirt it in his mouth. Mm-hmm. All right, this is working for you. Let's do it. So they would bring me a bunch of stuff so that I can still do his oral care. But he refused to open his mouth. Oh, and I'm like, I get it. Yes. Like he refused to open. And I wouldn't force him. I would just barely get my syringe in there and squirt out a little bit. So weeks are going by and he still has his mucositis. And it got to the point where he would lock his mouth. Like he would not let me get into mm, his mouth. Yeah. And I'm like, he's not even going to let me do his oral care. He got mm-hmm. really good with me doing it. He wouldn't let me do it. So his nurse that we had that day, she was like, you need to look in his mouth. There, there might be something else that he doesn't want. Yeah. Because they do do that. They hide it. She says, we need to look in his mouth because there might be something. The kids are it. like that, though. The kids, like, the baby would not tell yeah. us anything because she mm-hmm. knew what that meant. Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing. It was always so hard because he can't just tell us right. no. what's going on. Yeah. And so he refused to open his mouth. So when he wasn't talking, he he stopped talking again. Mm. He wouldn't let me clean his mouth. He wouldn't even let me put chapstick on his mouth because no. that's another thing too. It makes them so dry. Mm-hmm. You got to put the, you know, Aquaphor was like my best friend. Yeah. So he wouldn't even let me put like Aquaphor on his mouth. He would just like smack my hand away. Mm. So we finally, we all have to hold him down. Mm. And me and the nurse, like actually at that time it was me and the nurse. I'm holding him down and she's looking in his mouth and she's like, oh, let me call the NP. Let me call the nurse practitioner. But they come in like all like, what, what, what? and I'm like, well, what? What do you mm-hmm. see? They open his mouth and his whole mouth like is just flopping off. It's peeling. <gasps> oh, no. It's oh. peeling. So he has hanging tissue oh, on his mouth. Gosh. And I'm like, this he is He had to have been in so much pain. Oh, he had to have been in so much pain. why he didn't open. Yeah, so much pain. And oh, I don't know what. He was just. Gosh. Everything was probably so painful. That's what gets me so mad is why do they have to go through that? I don't understand. It's suffer. suffer. And he suffered. And I had no idea. No idea because. And I felt like shit. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, how long has this been going on for? Like, so his nurse practitioner is like, up the payment. He needs payment. Look at his mouth. She's calling everybody to come look at his mouth because she wanted to cut all the pieces off put him in surgery cut the pieces off because he's he's in pain and this is painful but they're like we can't do that to him because then it's open source his AMP is zero and he's already got an infection infection in there yeah Yeah. so it was horrible so he was on fentanyl IV fentanyl and he was his fentanyl was freaking high that's like, what we thought with the baby too this is so much yeah it's and i it was just so traumatizing and i i'm actually just glad that the nurse didn't tell me before she told the team because i was freaking out and i and that day was like a sad day in the child the cancer the child cancer community that day we had recently found out that one of uh fellow chalk leukemia aml leukemia kids had passed away that morning. Oh, so I had so no. much feels that day. And I'm like, like yeah. my hope went from 100% to like 20. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, 
Like, just see today. Doesn't have any today. Yeah. Why is his mouth like this? Like, this is, and he's crying and he's crying. And I'm like, doing my crap. And they're like, are you okay? He updates that. And I'm like, give him what he needs. Mm-hmm. Give him what he needs because look at his mouth. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy. Then, about a few days after that, I noticed in his diaper, he had like chunks of like, it looked like blood clots. What the heck? Why is this coming out in his diaper? So we do tests, we do like scans, CT scans to his body. His mucositis went all the way down to his rectum. Oh, good. All the way down to his GI tract. So all the pieces I was finding in his diaper were pieces that were flopping from inside. So his whole GI was flopping off. Yeah. And I would find chunks of blood, chunks of big and my nurse practitioner, she's like, this is tissue. She would show the, the diaper to the doctor, like, this is tissue. And every day since we've seen that, every day I made it a point for me to look in his mouth. And I would take pictures of his mouth. Like, okay, he's having more flopping. His flopping is getting better. I would take pictures of the diapers because it got to the point where, like, you know, the doctors were like, what do you mean he's blood clotting? What do you mean you're finding tissue in his diaper? So I'm like, I'm not gonna lie about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm finding mm-hmm. these pieces in his mm-hmm. diapers. So I would take pictures, or I would save them, and I would tell the CAs, like, "Don't throw it away. I'm saving that for my nurse practitioner. She needs to see that." Mm-hmm. And she would show them, and she they would get like a little tool and poke at it, and like, "Look at this. This is not a blood clot. This is a piece of tissue." Oh my! The kid's flopping in his GI, so that was like another issue where we had to put him on more antibiotics so that he wouldn't that wouldn't be infected. Oh, that was like a whole nother, that was hard. I, that transplant was so much harder than the first one for him, you know, and then Easter is coming around and he's just so sick and he's, his mouth is hurting and he's just not wanting to do anything like, you know, and I felt just bad. I'm like, this is, this is Easter. This is Jesus's holiday and this is what we're going through. That's what I said to myself because I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is. Now I'm getting so angry at God Yes. at this point. I'm getting angry at him. Why are we going through this again? Why is this happening? So then that's Easter. The day after Easter is Chase's second birthday. Mm. We celebrated his birthday there. And our team was like, hey, it's Chase's birthday. Do you want to have your kids come up for his birthday? I'm like, yes. Mm. What do you mean? That's not a question. Yes, mm-hmm. I want them like it's very risky because Jason's really sick right now. He his AMC is zero, and I'm like, okay, what? Like an hour, please. Like they need to see his brother. Mm-hmm. And that he's so sick the way he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So they made it so special for him. We brought all these gifts, and I decorated our room, and you know, we did like the whole thing. And just he was so sick, he wanted no part of it. He was just like, whatever, you know. Still, he had he was on so much peanuts that he was still very sloppy off, and he would bleed all the time from his mouth, and I would always clean it up. And oh my! He was always wearing a gown because he was just drooling blood oh. all the time. So for his little birthday pictures, I'm like, wait, I bought you a birthday shirt. Let me just throw it on him for pictures and whatever. And mm. so we did his second birthday there. So after we kind of got better from the mucus side of stage, like I would notice him wanting. To try to talk. Like, it's it almost like he was scared mm. to open his mouth. Mm-hmm. So I had to get him, I had to get him comfortable with, like, trying to talk. I would blow bubbles and tell him, blow it, blow it. And so that he would just try to use his mouth to talk and blow his bubbles. And 
he finally started with blow bubbles and then he would notice like, okay, it's not hurting anymore. Mm. I'm okay. So then we started noticing him trying to eat. Like my nurse practitioner, every day she brought me coffee twice a day, every single day that we were there. So whenever she baked stuff, she would bring like the baked goods to my room and stuff. So I had a piece of like banana bread on the, on my bed right there. And he tried picking at it and putting it in his mouth real quick. And I'm like, oh, he wasn't supposed to eat because of his like GI system situation. But I'm like, no, it's fine. Eat it. Eat mm-hmm. it. Because I wanted him to get used to like yeah. eating his mouth. I was like, eat it for you. So he started eating it. And I was noticing he was eating more and more. And I'm like, oh my gosh, his mouth is getting better. That's good. That means everything else is getting better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He still, he was still, tissues was coming out still. Mm-hmm. And I think there was one day we had this like, a huge clump and I was freaking out because I was like, what is this? Uh-huh. Why is this happening? And I remember the doctors, it was right before rounds, the doctors were there and I told them, look, like this is, no, can we, what do we do with this? So our nurse at that time, she's like, I'm going to send her to go get tested and they're telling her for what? And she's like, I don't know, just to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, please just do it. Yeah. Came back like it's, it's piece of tissue. Oh it came back God. as a tissue. They're like, this whole time, this kid's been, everything he's been putting out was tissues from all the oh way down to the ice Yeah. The torture. So then, and his auntie, still zero, and we're already like a month out, and I'm like, what the heck? Like, he's supposed to be engrafted already. Why mm-hmm. isn't he engrafting? Thinking, okay, it's from the mucositis, maybe, because... Because what they were like, oh, the white blood cells are helping heal his mucositis. And that's probably why he's not grafting because they're already working so hard. And to me, it made sense. I'm like, okay, sure. yeah, 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 right. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So he's not grafting. And then we did like a boost of cells. We, they called it CD34 cells. So they're like, we're going to give him a boost of cells to help him engraft. But it's, they need to give him only a specific cell. Of all the cells, just to give them that one specific CD34 cell. How the heck are we supposed to do that? So I needed to produce more cells for him so that I can be able to provide CD34 cells. So they were giving me this medicine, I remember what it's called, just to help me produce more white cells. So they're, they're injecting me for like five days with this medicine so that I was able to produce a bunch of cells and then... They had me connected, it was the apoiesis collection, so they had me connected to the machine where they were taking blood out from this arm and putting it back mm-hmm. into me on this one. Mm-hmm. And it was like a two-day process because it was 12 hours we needed to do. Wow. So I did six hours for each day. And the first day totally kicked my butt. Like mm. I, I got so sick on the machine. Like I'm laying there, throwing up, all sick, all pale. Oh, and I remember kind of like, I feel dizzy. Like, is this normal? Like, I feel dizzy. Well, why am I feeling like this? I just remember all the nurses coming in, changing my gown, and and I had to be in the room. I was in the room next door to him. My mm-hmm. husband was with Jay. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, is he okay? Is Jay's okay? They're like, he's fine. He's watching mm-hmm. the sound lot. Mm-hmm. He's good. And the sound lot was his favorite movie Aww. at that time. So he was watching the movie. He's fine. He's watching the sound lot. He's good. So I'm like, all right. It, was, it got me so sick. Like, mm-hmm. just everything they were taking out and putting, you know, replacing it or whatever. And. So that was that couple of days of getting this, this cell collection. So they had to ship my cells over to the Children's Hospital of San Francisco because Chalk didn't have a contract to just wash for that one cell. 
Whoa. Yeah, they have to do this whole thing. Specific, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's so crazy. It's so weird. So so they shipped my cells out and then brought them back a few days later. And JCC took first dose of the boost, they call it, the boost of CD34 cells. He got his boost. I'm like, all right, this is going to help him. Like, the mesocytis is getting better. He got his boost. We're good. We're still on track, you know. Three weeks go by, still no engraftment. So we need to give him another boost. The extra cells that you provided, because you provided way more than enough cells. Right. I'm like, all right, let's give him this boost again. Go through it again. Give him this boost. Then it becomes a routine bone marrow biopsy. And we found out that he wasn't grafting because he then relapsed again. Mm. <sighs> he relapsed again. And at this time, they had talked to us about, like, in his situation, in the AML case, like, you did everything you could. Mm. And now we're talking quality of life. Oh, fuck. Quality of life. And I'm just like, what the heck? Yeah. And they're like, bring your husband in. Let's have this meeting. You know, roll out the options, the plans. So it's just like, quality of life. What the heck? What do we, what do you mean? Like, this is so uh. crazy. And I guess people have a choice whether they want to continue with treatment or uh-huh. just say, screw it, we're done. Uh-huh. Like, and they're like, this is, you know, you have a choice for your son. And again, this is another thing where he just, he felt so better. He looked so good. He's walking again, he's eating again, he's moving. And we always had a big room. So I had a ton of stuff in our room always to keep him active and busy. And he still liked to paint and do all that stuff. So we were always doing stuff. And I'm like, this is good. Like, he looks good. He's feeling good. He's doing all his normal stuff. And then we have this quality of life conversation and they tell us like, well, you guys, there's only about a 10% chance that he'll make it. And I'm like, well, that's still 10%. Like, that's still 10%. Like, yeah, we're going to continue with treatment. I'm not giving up on this kid. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to make it through. Yeah. Anybody's going to make it. He's going to make it. I, I used to say that all the time. Anybody's going to make it. He's going to make it. Like, look at everything that he went through. Mm-hmm choose continue with treatment and at that point our treatment plan changed to where he was now doing like a lower dose chemo just to keep the leukemia down mm-hmm. and we keep giving him boosted cells to get him through yeah more chemo to keep it down boosted cells to keep to mm-hmm. you know quality of life being my husband's like okay well if we're gonna do this i want to do this at home yeah like, i want to do this at home he's like he does so much better when we're yes. home mm-hmm. yes so they were like all right I mean, but these are, these are, you know, you guys gotta be careful and like, yeah, yeah, we know. Like, mm-hmm. we know yes. our, our house is to be clean. Don't let nobody over. Yeah, we get that. Mm-hmm. We just want to be home. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're home and we're just thinking like, okay, this is the quality of life thing. And now it's now to the point where our treatment's only going to extend his life. Mm-hmm. Right. And only 10%, you know. I don't know. It's just crazy. And they're like, okay, just always keep in mind there's still that 10%. I'm like, I know, but it's still 10%. Yeah. Even if it was 2%, it's still 2%. Like, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. So we were discharged. We were home for a weekend. It was Father's Day weekend. We were home for a weekend. And we went back Tuesday to start the low-dose chemo. And we were there for the week for chemo. Make sure the chemo went smoothly good. And it did. And we ended up going back home and we were home six days. 
six days. We just, I, it was a big thing for me to do this photo shoot. I was like, you should do that because it's important. I'm like, yep, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I posted something on social media like, hey, I need a photographer. Somebody came through so fast. Mm. And the very next day, we went home Friday. Sunday, actually, was our photo shoot. Wow. I, I, my husband and my kids were like, photo shoot. Right. <laughs> just do this for me. You guys can wear whatever you want. Aww. They did. They all wore baseball caps and just plain t-shirts. And I'm like, you guys. What are you gonna wear for a photo? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Like I just, we need to get these photos done. Yeah. So I did. I did all that. And took Jay to the park. He hadn't been to the park since he was a baby. Aww. So I was like, we're going to the park. We're going to the park. And he rode his. He had a little skateboard that he would stand on, and we would push him. And you know, he rode his skateboard at the park. And we were just trying to make it fun for him being home. Mm-hmm. And. We were home six days, and he's playing, running around, and I noticed, like, he's feeling really warm. I'm like, oh, my God, Chase, you need to sit down. You need to take a break. You're, like, you're working yourself up. You're getting hot. Yeah. Check his temperature. You always have, like, a thermometer on hand. Check his temperature. I'm like, okay, relax now. You need to sit. It's time to chill out. You're burning up. I checked his temperature for a couple hours, and it was just, like, he had a temperature. But he seemed so fine. Yeah. I'm like telling my husband something's wrong. Like mm. he has a fever and he's like, no, he's fine. Look, and I'm like, yeah, but why is he so hot? Yeah. Like, why does he have a temperature? And he's like, you're just overthinking it. And and I was totally like that. Like I would overthink everything. Yes, you do. I'm like, no. Yeah. yeah I was like, something's wrong. Something's Until wrong. you don't. Like, Until it's yeah. something else. Yeah. Like something's wrong. Like he has a temperature. I need to take him in. And I remember sitting there. Getting our stuff ready, getting our bags ready. And I remember sitting there like, oh, I really don't want to go. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to be there. Mm-hmm. Why? Something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Is why he's having a temperature. Yeah. Something's wrong. Looking at him. Like, yeah. And had I known that was going to be the last time he walked out of our house, mm. I would have stayed home longer, honestly. Yeah. I would have stayed home longer. Or went the next day. Something. But Agdal and my boys are carrying days and we're taking them out to the car and they're even all upset like mom you guys just got home and I'm like yeah. no but we'll be back like it's mm-hmm. fine we'll be mm-hmm. back no idea it wasn't the last time that Jace left the house none at all so we get to talk and we're walking in and Jace knows where we're at and he's pissed mm-hmm. yeah. he's in his pajamas and his slippers and he's walking like this mm-hmm. and we'll be there and I hadn't been to an emergency room since like COVID time when nobody was there. Uh-huh. So I walk in and it's full and I'm like, oh, there's people here. I pick Jace up and I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, we're oncology. Like, mm-hmm. they can't be standing mm-hmm. out here. And mm-hmm. they're like, okay, come right in. Yeah. So everybody's looking at us like, why are those people? They just got here. Why are they going back? Mm-hmm. And Jace was pissed. He's on the bed like this, sitting there off his stuff. He didn't want nobody to touch his line. He's covering his line, his chest. He didn't want nobody to touch him. He was legit mad that yeah. Sorry, geez. Like, let's just figure out what's going on. Like, he probably just has maybe it's another line infection. I don't know. So they end up hooking him up, and we go upstairs, and everybody's safe. Hey, like, you're here. You know, once we get to the floor, and mm-hmm. we have like a joke on the unit. We always so happen to be in the same room, the same room on that unit, and it was always the big night thing. So I never complained. I was like, no, oh, this is the mm-hmm. room. So they're like, Jay, your room's ready for still. That we were there, and like I, I didn't blame him because we were just home. Like we were yeah. only there six days. Mm-hmm. Why are we back? Mm-hmm. 
we did so much tests on him on why like he had an infection but nobody knew where it was coming from it wasn't from his line you know where is this infection coming from so then his blood pressures were so high and he starts doing crazy things so then they send us up to the icu because this infection starts getting to him we go up to icu and then we were there a weekend nothing he was totally fine but that was always a thing like when they sent us up to the ICU, everybody had a joke, like the elevator fixed him. Because once we were up there, the oncology floor is on the fifth, and then the ICU is on the sixth. Mm. So once we got up to the ICU, it's like the kids jumping in his bed or whatever. <laughs> he's doing, and everybody's like, it's the elevator ride. So we get up there, and, you know, he's fine. And I'm like, yeah, we're fine. Like, send us back down to the oncology floor because the ICU is so scary. Like, I don't like to be up here. No. I want to go back downstairs. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. So, yeah. So, we were going to go back the next Monday. We were there for the weekend. We are going to go back Monday. Well, that Monday, early morning, about 4-ish a.m., I get up to change his diaper. And I noticed that his stomach is so, like, big. He oh. had a big, he looked like he had a little pregnant stomach. Mm. I'm like, what the heck? Like, it's, it's so hard. And I called the nurse, and he had inflammation in his intestines. <sighs> So they start doing scans on that, and they start doing tests on that. Well, come to find out that the infection was in his GI <gasps> from all the sloughing that oh had happened. All that was open, and all that got infected. Oh, yeah. So he was neutropenic for four months before oh, the infection happened. And everybody used to always be like, you guys, like, it was going to catch up to you guys. You guys, this happens when the kids are neutropenic. Every, any little thing gets them sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jake was so lucky that he didn't get sick all this time. Mm. With his intestines being so inflamed, it was putting a lot of pressure on his lungs. So he mm. wasn't able to breathe. He was breathing so fast. And I'm like, what's wrong with him? Why is this happening? So they ended up intubating him that morning. And intubation is so scary. It's so scary. And I just remember everything that was going on. I just was like, we were supposed to go back to the unit. Like, we were supposed to go back to our room today. Like, all the, the ICU team, I can hear them, they're quoted mm-hmm. him. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, that's major. That's, mm-hmm. what's going on? And everybody's in our room. All the doors are open. Everybody's in our room. And and I, I'm i trying to look, like, over everybody. Like, well, what's going on? What's happening? And I'm trying to see the, my, our nurse practitioner run in. And I was just like, I look at her. I was like, oh, what what's happening? And she's standing next to me every step to me because she knew I needed that mm-hmm. and she every step to me what they're doing and mm-hmm. what, what's going to happen and what they're going to do and I'm like oh my god she's like you know you need to call Richard you need to call your husband and talk him to get here and I'm like why like what it's Monday why you like until after she's like no because sometimes things can go the wrong way you need to tell him to come so I'm just like okay I'm going to call him and I'm going to tell him to come and I did and and he came and when he walked in, it was like a whole thing when they were intubating him. They had Jace on, they were doing the procedure at that moment when my husband walked in and I see my husband walk in the room and walk back out mm. and I just heard him sobbing always. Oh. And through this whole time, like my husband's a very, very Mr. Tough guy. Like nothing, you know, he don't break down for nothing. I just broke because I'm like, I've never seen him like this before. Like, he's hurt. He shouldn't be going through this. No. 
we should not be going through this. No. And, you know, Ernest Petitia went out to go talk to him. And, and just that night, like, it was just so scary. So scary. Everything's happening at one time. And so he was intubated for about a week. And he was doing better. His, his numbers were improving. Everything was improving. His lungs were coming out. His information was going down. Like, you know, he was getting better. But when it's in toddlers, especially when they're intubated, they're sedated the whole time mm. because then they'll pull the tube yeah. out or whatever. So he was just laid out sedated. They kept having to reposition him because he was so swollen everywhere from all the fluids. Like, they kept having to reposition him. So it was just really traumatizing just being there. And then before 4th of July, he started sprinting where they take the, they extubate him to see if he can breathe by himself. And he did such a great job. They're like, we're going to start at 15 minutes to see if he can do it. He went 15 minutes, no problem. They're like, we're going to extend it out a little bit. He went 30 minutes. He went 45 minutes. He went an hour and a half to a whole two hours sitting by himself on his first try. Wow. They're like, this kid is so strong. Like, he didn't even struggle. And two hours was the max. So they're like, they put him back on the machine. But once they put him back on, he kind of like, he like let himself, mm-hmm. let the machine mm-hmm. work for him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he didn't give up the whole time. But once we put him back, he stopped. Like, so that's a good sign of he's working. Mm-hmm. He's working and he's fighting. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, he's fighting because he's a fighter. This yeah. is what he does. Yeah. Like, this is what he does the whole, this is what he's been doing. So we did sprinting again that night. And the next day they're like, I think he did so good. We sprinted three times, three rounds of sprinting. And they're like, we're the 4th of July. And we're like, we're ready to take him off. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's take him off. And they took him off. Called him the first time in like a whole week. And I'm just like crying. Like, this is what I'm talking about. If anybody's going to make it, he's going to make it. Remember, my husband brought slide decorations so we could decorate the room. Just to make it a happy place because being up there for so long, you hear all the other things that are yes. going on in all the other rooms. Yes. There was a baby next to us that passed like mm. that day too. And I was freaking out. I called my husband like, dude, the baby that was here yesterday, like he knew who mm. we were talking about. And and I just told him like, that can't be us. That cannot be us. Like we need to make it back out. We need to go downstairs. Mm-hmm. Like I hate being up here. Yeah. It's so scary up here. Like you walk out just to use the restroom and you, you hear everybody else's scary stories. Yeah. And it's like, we can't be that. We can't. That's not us. We mm-hmm. can't let that happen to us. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, he's doing great. But when he woke up, finally, so when they took the sedation off, they were letting it, like, you know, we're out of his body. And mind you, he was on fentanyl for the longest time. And when we brought him home, he was on a patch. So we had came in this admission with a patch. So I'm telling everybody in the ICU, like, we can't just take him off cold turkey. He came in with a patch. Mm-hmm. Like, he's withdrawing mm-hmm. from all the fentanyl, withdrawing so hard. And he was just sick and throwing up and angry. And I'm like, this, he came in with a patch. There's no way we can take him off cold, cold turkey. Like, I didn't, you guys need to give him back, like, some fentanyl because mm-hmm. he came in with some. Mm-hmm. Like, no, he needs to be off. So I had things, I felt like they weren't listening to mm-hmm. me. So I had talked to his nurse practitioner and I was like, listen, we need to talk to them because they're not listening to me. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, they're not listening to it. I'm telling them that he's withdrawing and they're telling me it's something else. It's not, it's withdrawal. Like 
they're trying to get him off the fentanyl cold mm-hmm. turkey. Like, she's like, no, he came in with a patch. I'm like, I know, that's what I'm telling them. They're not listening to me. So she came and she let them have it. And they were like, all right, you guys want a patch? We're going to put a patch on him. They put a patch on him and the withdrawal stopped. And What do you know? Yeah, right? The withdrawal stopped. So our nurse practitioner is telling them, like, if she's telling you guys something, it's because she knows. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, thank you for telling that because, you know, just, I don't know. It's crazy. It's mm-hmm. just weird. It's mm-hmm. like, so in the ICU, they're so, like, their mind is different. They do their job yeah. and move on to the next. Like, yeah. oncology is not like that. Oncology yeah. is so much yes. more compassion. Yes. And, and you know what I mean? Totally so, agree. So when James was finally, you know, settled down and I noticed that he just wasn't himself and he wasn't talking anymore again, wasn't himself. He would just like stare at nothing. Like he was awake, but like nobody was home. Mm. He would stare at nothing and I'm talking to him and he was just like, like he's listening, but he's just like dozed out. They put all his movies on for him and he would watch it, but it's like, I don't know if he was paying attention to it or, and they were like, well, he's having delirium. That's what happens to kids in the IC for a long time. And I'm like, well, how do I step him out of this? Because it's like, he's not, nobody's home. Like, mm-hmm. he's awake, but nobody's mm-hmm. home. And I noticed that he's awake all night, mm. all day, all night, all day, like, looking at nothing, mm. staring at nothing. And I'm like, something is weird. Mm-hmm. Something is wrong. Like, well, how long does delirium last mm-hmm. for? Like, is this what, what it does? Well, some kids get like that and, you know, whatever. So then he starts bleeding in his diaper again. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, we're doing this again. Like, does he have mucositis again? I don't know. It could be a total possibility that he could. Like, he's still getting chemo. You know, this is probably sloppy. This happened to him before. And I'm telling the team, like, this happened to him before. Like, this, it looks exactly the same. Like, Mm -hmm. he's bleeding in his diaper and... And I would watch him just bleed mm. while I'm changing and he would just bleed. And I'm like, this is weird. This is crazy. So then we did the same. They were like, well, mom said this happened before. So we're going to think he has mucositis in his um, GI tract. So one morning we woke up and he had the whole bed was covered in blood, mm. his diaper all over. And I'm like, what the heck? Is blood? This is a lot of blood all up his back. His gown was all red. His- so I'm trying to change him, but he was very lethargic, like very mm. pale, very out of it. Well, he had a hemorrhage shock. Mm. He had a hemorrhage shock from all the bleeding, all the bleeding out. And at that time, too, because of COVID, he was getting so many like blood transfusions. And because of COVID, there was a blood shortage, mm. a blood shortage, a platelet shortage. So we were getting platelets shipped to us from San Diego. Wow. San Francisco I mean and then it was to the point where because he had reactions they had to like extra wash the platelets so he wouldn't get reactions to it so it got to the point where we didn't have enough so we just had to use some because it was so he needed it now it was so to the point where we didn't have time to wash them mm. well, are we going to give him the platelets like this like if he reacts we'll just we'll just treat the reaction but the kid needs platelets because he's bleeding so much mm-hmm. So I remember putting up a post like, hey, guys, you guys always ask me if I need anything to let you know. I need blood and platelets. I need you guys to come through. Like our friends and family that support us, like right away, they were making appointments. Jason's blood bank was booked three weeks out. 
Wow. Everybody was just, everybody was just making appointments, making appointments, making yeah. appointments. Yeah. yeah. And that night, it was a Friday, that night, we had found out that the hammer shot caused a bleed in his brain. Oh, gosh. And that, you know, the doctor that I spoke to, he was like, he's brain dead. Uh, even if we went in there, there was nothing we can do. Like, it's so much damage done, there's no reversing it. This was the night I put out for those playlists. I was like, wait, no, we have people coming through from I'm getting blood like tonight. Like, even if we did do all of that, there's nothing that we can do. Like, damage is done. And this is all over the phone. And I'm like, oh, this guy's not telling me this over the phone. You know, my husband's here. And we found out about him, the brain damage was because one of his pupils stopped responding. Mm. So they're like, this is not good. Take him to get a CT scan. We need to get a, an image of his brain. And that's how we found out that he had a bleed in his brain. Quality of life conversation. They, palliative care is involved and they try to get you prepared for that and when the end comes. And I'm like, I'm not dealing with that now until I need to deal with that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I had that realization like, oh shit, like so messed up. Like this, we should not be here. Right. We should not be here. Our team was there. Our palliative care team was there. And our nurse practitioner, our coordinator, it was just crazy. And they're just like, you know, everybody was just, already grieving for me and I'm just like oh, this is not happening so me and my husband made this decision that we baptized him that night me I see you why I don't know I was so questioning everything in religion anyways but I was like I don't know I just feel like we need to do this we did we baptized him and our oncologist was there and our practitioner was there and they all stayed this was like midnight and they were off at seven and they stayed with us the whole time you know, I stayed with him in bed the whole time and I held him and the next day, it's the next morning, my husband stayed with me all night there. My kids are blowing us up like, hey, dad never came home last night. Like, where is he? And I'm like, it's fine. Texting him. We're here. And so I just, I held Jace the whole time and I've seen all the changes in his body, his skin and his face. I watched all the numbers start slowing down and I'm just like, you team was just Keep asking me, like, let us know when you're ready. I finally had to tell him, like, stop asking me that. Stop asking me that question. You guys keep asking me, let, let you know when I'm ready. Ready for what? Mm-hmm. Like, stop asking me that question. Mm-hmm. They were finally like, okay, you know, we'll stop. We're moving on to comfort care and keep him comfortable. And and I would just, I saw it. And I'm like, I'm holding up his suffering because I don't want to let go. Right. Like, I'm... I can see it. I can see it. His, his body temperature is not. His, his body's cold. He wasn't being warm anymore. His skin color was changing. And I finally realized, like, my next position was, like, giving me all the, this is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to see. And I was seeing it. And I'm like, shoot, like, this is coming, coming close, coming near. I didn't want my kids to see him like that. So I didn't have my kids come up. But I was so questioning, like, should I have them? No, no. So my husband, go get them. No, 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 don't get them. Stay mm-hmm, here. No, get mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. No, don't get them. Mm-hmm. So, because two days prior to the, the sh- or actually the night before the hemorrhage shock, my husband snuck the boys up so that we could watch a movie. Mm. And that was the last time that they saw him. So I was mm-hmm. like, I want them to remember him like that. Yeah. Awake mm-hmm. and okay. And not like this, because he doesn't even look like himself. Yeah. So... 
I had told him I was a sin. If he's going to pass, I don't want him to pass this tape all over his face and in a hospital gown. Like, no, I'm going to clean him up. I'm going to wash him. I'm going to clean him. I'm going to put clothes on him. And I did. My Our primary oncology nurse came up to check on us, and she helped me wash him. My nurse practitioner, it's a Saturday. She came in on a day she wasn't even working just to be there with us. Mm. And they helped me give him a bath. For the last time I washed them up. We took all the tape off of his face. We pulled as much lines as we could off of him. And he wasn't connected to too much. I put clothes on him because he was not passing in a hospital gown. Held him. We took him off and I helped him. And when he did pass, he only stayed off the ventilator for 10 minutes. And he didn't make any noise. He was just like asleep. Mm. And they came in and they put us like just you know, while I know that his heart finally stopped, held them. And my nurse had got a picture of all three of my boys printed and laminated in a big picture. And we had that posted up in our room. And mm-hmm. for five hours after he passed, before they came to get him, and I didn't want to see them put him in a bag. So I was just like, you know, I'm just going to hold him. I'm just going to hold him. Last time I'm going to get to hold him. And the night nurses came up to see us and to see him and give us their condolences and all that stuff. And when it was finally time for us to go, you know, my husband's packing up all of our stuff. And I remember just watching him like, I'm leaving and I'm leaving without my son. Mm-hmm. So while we were doing that, you know, I laid him in the bed. I tucked him in his bed. I left him with all his blankets because he used to like to have like cozy blankets. He never liked hospital blankets. Mm-hmm. I had him tucked in his bed and he just looked like he was asleep. We're walking out of the room and I see staff is just there, mounting on another patient, but they're there and they're looking at us and they knew what was going on. And I just, it was so hard just walking out of the room and just stay with him until they pick him up. Don't leave him by himself. She's like, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I would promise. And once we got to the elevator, he's like, she's leaving. She's not staying out with him. We're walking out and it's so hard and it's almost like you're just so, I don't know, like we're walking to our car with all of our stuff and I'm like, we're leaving this, not even him. This is not fair. This is not fair. And I remember sitting in the parking lot and we could not drive off. Mm -hmm. We sat there and two o'clock in the morning or something like Mm -hmm. that. And I texted our, the night nurse. Like, hey, can you just check on him? Can you just wait with him until they pick him up? Because I know the nurse up there didn't wait mm. with him. And I waited for her to respond, and she finally responded, yeah, I got it. Don't worry about it. You know, I'll go. And at that time, I was like, all right, you know, she's going to go with him. And we were finally able to drive off. And it was just weird because I was like, the whole we had two separate cars because I had drove there when we went for the ER and he was coming back and forth so we drove separately because I didn't want to go back to talk so we drove separate separately and I just remember just crying the whole way home because I'm like but now I have to explain to my other kids other oh no so we get home and awake so it's so late we get home and I'm sitting in the living room and they come walking in they're like hey what are you doing here they're looking around where's street and crying and crying and they're like mom where's Jace I mean I'm just crying and they're sitting with me and they're hugging me and they're like mom but where's Jace at and 
And I'm like, you guys, you know, he's in heaven now. And he's pulling their eyes out. And that was a whole other thing because he's like, why this happened? You know, Jace was supposed to get better. And my son's like, mom, I prayed so hard for him. And I'm like, I know. I don't know what, you know, I didn't have answers to them besides that he went to heaven. You know, my oldest son, later we all went to bed and the boy slept in our bed. And my oldest son, he was still awake and we're laying there in the dark. And he's just, I hear a mom. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, how did this happen? He goes, how did Jake pass away? Where was he at? And I told him, he's like, were you holding him? And I was like, yeah. He's like, okay. All right. Like, I don't know if that's like a piece for him to know that I held him or he wasn't alone. Was. Yeah. yeah. And it's, they never asked me questions like, how was this procedure? How was this one? But he was just like, did you hold him? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, mm. okay. And I was just like, this is crazy. This is crazy. So, and yet nobody, we still didn't tell anybody yet. Oh my I needed, gosh. We needed a day to kind of just like get ourselves together. And it was just weird being home because you're just waiting for Jason to turn the corner, mm-hmm. run down the hallway. Mm-hmm. He used to always run to his brother's rooms and bang on their door mm-hmm. and tell them to open their door. And it was weird. It was just quiet. Mm-hmm. And we're just laying out the family watching movies and it was just weird. Nobody talked. We were just there watching movies, just trying to soak it up, like soak it in. Mm-hmm. And what has happened? And the first thing was like, I was telling my husband, I was like, we need to tell your mom and your dad. We need to tell them because they're our biggest support. They would FaceTime me every day to talk to him, every single day to talk to him. And the morning Jace had passed, my father-in-law, sent Jace a message on his Instagram page. It was just like, I love you, Jace. I hope you're feeling better. Mm-hmm. That was it. But it was like like two hours after we got home. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, he feels something. Mm-hmm. He never sends a message like that. Mm-hmm. If anything, they'll just FaceTime us and be like, hey, you know, we're thinking about you guys. We just want to say hi. Uh-huh. He didn't. He sent a message and I was like, he feels something. I know he does. So then uh, that next day, my husband had texted his and they came like 10 minutes. They live about five minutes from my house. So they came like 10 minutes later and they're sobbing, crying. Like, how did this happen? Like, he looks so good. Like, there's no way. Like, this, they, like, they came to, like, they were looking for him, like, mm-hmm. validation. Like, mm-hmm. you guys, you know? And it was crazy. But my father-in-law had, was, had told us that a few days before that he had a dream of Jace. And Jace used to have a thing where he'd give everybody knuckle bumps all the mm-hmm. time. I always wanted to give everybody knuckle bumps. Because I had a dream that, you know, that Jason was like, I love you, Grandpa, and gave him a knuckle bump. And he was like, I woke up. Like, it felt so real. And I woke up just crying. Because, and I, he was I don't even know why I was, I was crying. It wasn't even a bad dream. It mm-hmm. was just like, it just felt so real. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is just so insane. Like, this is just so crazy. And, you know, and then a few days after that, I made my announcement on Instagram. Because I couldn't physically call people and tell them. And my phone's just blowing up, blowing up, mm. blowing up. And I just, I turned it off. Yeah. I had one of my girlfriends there with me. And I had told her, I was like, I can't. I turned my phone off. Just there. I really was just so in shock that 
this had happened because everybody was just like this kid was supposed to get through this mm -hmm. was supposed to get through it everybody was rooting for him and you know this again this doesn't happen to people like us right like we're good people right. like this no we're yeah. good people like this shouldn't happen to us and i was just so angry at god like i prayed so hard i never prayed like this in my life my kids are praying everybody's praying for him and i said like god didn't come through for us he didn't come through for Jace. He didn't heal him. And I got so many things. We were like, oh, well, God had a plan. I'm like, well, what's his plan? Because this was really shitty. Yeah. Maybe God needed him more for what? Right. What did he need him for? Was how angry I was. And I'm I'm still like that. Yeah. I still have those same questions. She's and still like that. And she's six years later. So it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just hard i feel like now our struggle is just like everything that should have been everything that he missed out on he should be doing this he should be yeah. doing that i'm gonna pause oh, yeah. here this has been amazing you've been so brave in telling your story but i think this leads us into like this other side of grief of when we take the turn from yeah you know, them living and going through this trauma to what happens after. So I want to talk more and, you know, get into that more if we can take a break here and mm -hmm. then we'll come back and sort of see, check in with you. What was it like? You had said you had talked about some Instagramming, whatever that yeah. was for you that you needed to do. We want to talk all about that. And you've had some holidays since then. So we want to talk about that as well. So when we come back, we'll get into more of how Davina has been able to Yes. Survive. Okay. Thank you. So we'll Thank come you back. so much. Love you. <laughs>